It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers, dollar value, higher and higher and higher. Why? I'll tell you why coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show and I'm your host Ron Johnson. I want to thank you guys for downloading, checking out, being on the uh, on the show. Remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. My parlays, RJ's parlays, made the moment more for me. You're not going to want to miss it because there's going to be some first down touchdown scores. You got to figure it out. Is it going to be Jalen Hurts? Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes on the quarterback sneak? Is it going to be Travis Kelsey again? Can he go two for two on the first touchdown score? I don't know, but we all got to wait and see. But make sure you visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on today just to get started. Well, as I said in the show, we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. His value in the market right now is going up. Why do you say? There's something that happened today that I think really puts Aaron Rodgers now at a premium. If you want a big-time quarterback to win you a Super Bowl in the next year or two, Tom Brady's off the table. At least for now, Tom Brady's off the table. So Aaron Rodgers now has even more leverage. The Packers actually have more leverage. It's crazy when you think about that. When you think about Aaron Rodgers now and Tom Brady, that was kind of the quarterbacks who's going to move. Now, you still have Derek Carr out there, but I think Tom Brady just pushed Derek Carr's value down the road. Like he, him, him saying what he did today really pushed him down the road. But I will say this, people. Remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe, subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and you can find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Well, let's bring Sam Extraman to the show, my producer. Sam. It happened again. It happened again. Tom Brady is no longer an NFL quarterback for now. He's did he's done this before, and then enough money, enough convincing, and he came back to the Bucks. I don't know what the dollar amount is that would get him back. I don't know if he's really truly done, but as of now, he's done, and it, and it didn't feel calculated. Now I don't know if anybody's seen the video, but you can go out there and find the Tom Brady uh, video. So let's talk about the video first. It didn't feel calculated to me because, you know, when Tom Brady puts a video out, he has a whole social media team and they are like drawing up all the like tricks and throwing a ball into a jugs machine and it throws it back to him and he throws a ball in the jugs machine. That's fake. Uh, he's able to throw a ball all the way across the whole field and, you know, make, you know, make it into a bucket 80 yards away. That's fake. But this seemed a little real, a little raw, real authentic. Because he just, it like people, somebody was walking in the background. You can hear the wind blowing. 
Like it wasn't like a microphone hooked up to him and all like lights, camera action. It wasn't like a long drawn out, like, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, I think did it one time and, and Peyton did the video before when Brady retired, you know, and his was funny. And so I'm guessing he's going to do another one and make more jokes about Tom Brady. Um, but this one just seemed like I'm done, man. Like, I, I just don't feel like doing this anymore because, you know, he, he had an attitude, uh, on his, on the podcast when he was asked that question and he kind of said, when I, when I know, darn it, he cursed though. I'll know. I'll let you know. When I know, then I'll let you know. Cause I don't know right now. And you could tell he really was torn in that comment. Like normally Brady's like, oh man, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Like he, it really felt like, I think the weight of the season, uh, losing in the playoffs the way he did. Cause you could tell he was trying to wheel those guys back into a Brady type scenario and they just couldn't do it. Like there was, he looked defeated on the sideline. He looked like, you know, it just like the whole year, like he was mic'd up for, for a game and that got pushed out there and at the end he's like man take this thing off my back take this microphone off my back like this is a terrible game so you could tell this season weighed on you know family issues uh divorce uh you know is it are you gonna choose your family or the game like all that stuff starts he's a human being and i think people forget that like he, he's been such a robot to us for so many years and such a statue to us but he's a human being and and and, and he's a human being that it probably like started it's, it's got to him and so the, the retirement seemed really raw, really authentic, really like, I'm just done, man. I'm done. But again, three months resting, relaxing in Cancun on three with the rest of the guys, according to uh, Eli Apple and Brittany Mahomes tweeted out Cancun on three as well. But he, he's going to be chilling with the rest of the guys. He's going to relax. And who knows? He might get re, re-energized. And, and it might just take a call from whoever could be the 49ers like hey man we just want you to play a little bit until we get you know brock purdy or whoever back healthy like just come for a little bit man and see how it goes see how the first four games go if you win four let's go win eight you win eight let's go win 12 you win 12 let's go win the super bowl real quick with the 49ers time and then you can retire you're a cali boy but who knows what's going to happen but i will say this Aaron Rodgers' value now is up here it started off here now it's here why because you could get Aaron Rodgers, tom brady or Derek carr now you take Tom Brady off the board. So now you just have those two. You have Adam, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Of those two, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is better. So now all these teams looking for that, that, that quarterback to come in and really change it quick, Aaron Rodgers is your guy. But now you have to go to talk to the Piper. You got to pay the Piper. You got to go to the Packers. But his value now is up. Not only can he, because he said he'll restructure his deal. He said he's fine with that. But now that deal is worth it now. But also, the Packers are like, oh, wait a minute. You can't go get Tom Brady, Jets. You can't go get Tom Brady, Raiders. What are you, you going to give us for old Aaron Rodgers? And so I can see the Raiders now saying, you know what? Devontae Adams, you wanted Aaron Rodgers. Let's go get him. Let's see what we can do with this. Darren Waller, we don't know if you're going to be here or not, but let's figure this out. Maybe Aaron Rodgers keeps, makes, you know, Waller want to be there. I mean, there, there's a lot to that. Maybe the Packers are like, hey, look, give us Waller, you take Rodgers, and then you can go get you some more receivers. Who knows? You know, and a first-round pick or whatever. But they're, they're going to have to figure this out really fast. And I think, you know, and Darren Waller to the Packers with Jordan Love and those receivers, that could be a good marriage as well. That could that could really energize that team and get them a top. You got Robert Tunyon, you got Darren Waller. They can go, you know, five wide, four wide with two tight ends and a running back. 
and get what LaFleur is looking for. So there's a lot to this, but I, I will say Aaron Rodgers' value is now up because of Tom Brady being done. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady retiring today? Uh, I think I think you're right. I think that Rodgers is now extremely valuable. I, I think that Brady has got to have a little re regret, right, about coming back for one year and all that. I, I don't know if that was the cause of his family issues. I'm sure there's more going on than just that. But for the year to go kind of the way it did, not as he mm -hmm. expected, not as anyone expected, I think that that he's got to look back at this and, and have just a twinge of regret. Um, but yeah. uh, I looked it up, Ron, 10 Super Bowl appearances for, for Tom Brady. Um, that's unprecedented. And uh, we'll get into that more with Travis Stevens. But here, let me pose this question to you, Ron, before we get to Travis. Mm -hmm. Talk about Rodgers. Vikings fans, I think, are ready to rejoice if he gets traded. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. It's over. We're on top of the NFC North again. But, but, Ron, what if the Packers get a great trade package for him? What if they get multiple first-round picks and they get out from under all that cap space? Should Vikings fans actually be nervous that a, a, a Rodgers trade puts Green Bay in a great spot? That could also be like Vikings fans should maybe just say, hey, let's stomach Rodgers for another year or two so the Packers can't deal him. And uh, and then they don't have as easily of a they, they, their plan going forward is not as clear. What do you think about that? Yeah, I will say it does pose because when you think about the Packers, they they have the run game, they have the offensive line, they have the referees, um, they have the, the clearly young receivers now, and Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson are really good. Um, you 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 still have um, well, Alan Lazard hasn't decided yet, so he could end up a Raider if Aaron Rodgers goes there. He can end up a who knows. Um, but when you think about the capital, and I think that's the key, if they can get draft capital that puts them in a favorite position, their defense was already pretty good. Um. Matt LaFleur, I think that's going to be the key is can he be Shanahan? Like, can he do, like, is he a true descendant? Can he do what Shanahan did? Meaning, I don't care who my quarterback is, this offense is going to be high powered. Now, we did notice a huge drop off when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but that's no preparation. Now, Shanahan didn't have time to prepare, but he also had a bunch of great quarterbacks in the wait. Um, Jordan Love being an early pick. We thought he would be. Maybe he's not. Maybe they use the first-round pick on a quarterback, and they go get a guy that they think is better in the draft coming up, uh, and they try to really, really go after somebody with a high pick to give Rodgers. You know, maybe they say, hey, look, Texans, do you want Aaron Rodgers? D'Amico Ryans, do you want Aaron Rodgers? Like, give us your, give us a top pick. Now, I don't know if the Texans are like, ah, C.J. Stroud, we really have C.J. Stroud over Rodgers, because D'Amico Ryans is like, well, what does my future look like if I get Aaron Rodgers? I'm only going to have him for two or three years. Um, is that is that good enough to, like, be what the Texans are looking for when you think about what it could be yeah if I'm the Vikings I'm a little bit nervous as a fan because then that is yeah you're like man they just got four first round picks or two first round picks plus a you know a second and a four for the next year yeah because the Packers have a, a system when you look at running the ball uh that that can can, can be 49er-esque like I, I think they have the weapons to become 49er-esque but with a full offseason with Jordan Love Maybe Matt LaFleur feels like he has enough if he gets the other pieces of the puzzle to really fill in and give him a couple more weapons here and there. So it is something to keep your eye on. Uh, it, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. But again, I think Aaron Rodgers out. Get, I'm, I'm betting the money line on the Vikings win NC North. Like, I'm, I'm going to bet the odds the Vikings win it. Uh, I wish – I actually, I might just bet it now anyway for futures, like as soon as the Super Bowl is over. 
if I can find a way to get to Iowa. Uh, I know I'm flying out of town on the 15th, so maybe that week when I hit the air, you know, once I start flying, maybe turn on my Wi-Fi and see if if it turns <laughs> on wherever I'm flying. <laughs> And just try to make the bet on the plane for futures. Like, yep, give me the Vikings winning the NFC North because whatever the odds are, they're probably going to win it. Uh, because I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. I do. So I, I want to get the I want to get the odds though before the trade happens. Because right now, like you said, they, they the odds are higher on the Lions and the Packers right now. So yeah. I want to bet now on the Vikings to win the, not the Super Bowl but the North. I want to see if the prop jumps out to win the division. Like. Yep, I'll bet on the Vikings to win a division because now that bet is better because once Roger leaves, it's going to flip. It's going to be Lions, Vikings, then probably Packers, Bears. But you never know with Vegas. They might still, with Jordan Love, say Packers still have a better chance of making the Super Bowl than the Vikings because the Vikings are cursed. I mean, we know Vegas is human. And they're also taking the bets. Like, who's everybody betting on? Right now, people are all betting on the Lions because they're high up on the Lions. People are betting on the uh, Packers because they're high up on the Packers. So they're just giving them a better chance. Like, hey, these teams have a better chance. They're just hedging their bet. Like, hey, if you guys are going to keep voting, but betting on these guys, let's lower these odds because everybody's dumping down on the Lions uh, because of how the season ended. They just feel like with those young people, hey, this could be this could be it for next year. Like, we can next year or two, we might have a chance to get in the playoffs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers leaves. The Lions definitely have a chance to be the, the sixth, seventh. Maybe I mean, they might even win the division, but they could be the sixth, seventh seed uh to get into the playoffs and so yeah i i wouldn't put it past that but i'm gonna i'm gonna put my money on the vikings once aaron Rodgers leaves or before he does because he's gonna leave uh and i do feel like vikings fans could be a little nervous like you can get a little nervous about that because the draft capital we know it only takes a couple picks here and there to bump right back up like look at the eagles in the trade for aj brown and then a couple big picks on the defensive line and so on and so forth and now look at them they're in the super bowl so it only takes a couple pieces you know, Jalen Hurts was one of them. Everybody didn't believe what he could be, and now look at him. It only takes a couple. You never know. You find that lightning in the bottle, you're in the Super Bowl. Uh, but we, we do have Travis Stevens coming up next in the Hang Around Johnson segment. Uh, former Tennessee volunteer, former uh, Buccaneer, was with the Buccaneers and went to the Super Bowl. Uh, he was in my draft class, so a good friend of mine. So I'm excited to have him join me on the Ron Johnson Show. But remember, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. And the Wolves right now, you definitely want to check that out because – who knows what the heck they're going to do night in and night out. They went from the four seed to the five seed to the freaking ninth seed. I don't know what's going on there, but it's going to be crazy down the stretch after the, after the all-star break. So make sure you check out the Locked On Wolves uh, as well as uh, never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. FanDuel brings you today's show. We're really excited to introduce them as our new partner. They're the number one sportsbook in America. And they are the way that you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. That's Ron's favorite. Um, we're going to be breaking down all those props on this show. And RJ is going to be putting together some parlays. So use the FanDuel app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid instantly when you hit that long odds parlay. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. I got Travis Stevens in. Uh, Travis and I were in the same draft class. We were in the same Hey Rookie year in the NFL production at the Rose Bowl. Uh, looking at old videos, Travis was kind of like me walking around with the video camera trying to capture footage. I've seen Travis put some old VHS tape footage on Instagram. So when I saw that, I said, man, I got I to catch back up with Trav, man, because I remember those days. Him and Marquise Walker got drafted by the Buccaneers. And, uh, man, we had a ton of fun uh, as rookies coming out, senior bowl, all the other stuff. But I want to I want to thank Travis Stevens for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show uh, I'm gonna jump out there, man. Like you, you got you got some old VHS footage uh, in that locker room, man. I mean, and you look at the names in that group, man. Myself, you, uh, we we had uh, Julius Peppers was there, Clint Portis because we just had him on the show, so Clinton was down there. Uh, you had David Carr, Joey Harrington, uh, Mike Williams, the offensive tackle. Roy I mean, we Williams. had some big Roy Williams, the DB. We had some big personalities. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Antoine Randall was another one of the comedians down there. Jeremy Shockey. Uh, when you think back to that time, man, like like being drafted to the Buccaneers, uh, coming out of Tennessee. I saw you know some of your your tapes now coming up on Instagram of the Tennessee uh, big big time games you guys play versus Florida. What do you remember most about that time uh, after the draft? Yeah, it's just those memories, man, with the fellas. It's, I just always wanted to get you know capture since you know I say since I was. Small, my dad always filmed everything, you know, from, uh, you know, fifth grade on or whatever. But I just wanted to uh, continue to have memories of, you know, when when I'm done playing or whatever, so I can show my kids, family, so they can see that. So, and I think, uh, you know, that was a hell of an experience that, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they can't say that they had, you know, that experience. So I wanted to capture that and share that with, you know, uh, other people, you know, when I, you know, when I get older. <laughs> and, and when you think about the, uh, the SEC, you know, Tennessee, uh, I know you were. I know you were bought into it this year. Tennessee was was right on the cusp, oh, and yeah. then uh, quarterback gets hurt. Um, and when you look at now Alabama again, they just got ranked the number one recruiting class again uh, for Nick Saban. Uh, what is it going to take for for the power to disperse from not just Georgia, Alabama, and the SEC, or is it always going to right now at least? Is it doesn't seem like it's going to be those two teams, and then the rest of the SEC has to figure out the recruits from there. Well, now I can speak for Tennessee. It's like they really didn't have a foundation. You see, we had like five or six coaches within the last 10 years or so. So um, right now, I think we have a good uh, thing going with Hypo. He's, uh, you know, he's did a good thing in the last two years. And um, I believe that right there, you know, you don't want to go to a school that's not, you know, we weren't stable, you know. So now I believe we're stable. We showed within that last, you know, two years that uh, we, we showed progression. 
And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're on an up and up, you know, from, from now on with recruiting and being able to compete with the, you know, the Alabama and the Georgias and, and so forth. And, and, you know, you, you look at the Buccaneers, you know, Buccaneers Super Bowl back in your day, uh, you know, the team atmosphere, all the things. What was it like, you know, being around John Gruden? John Gruden, he was, a, I mean, he's a smart coach. He was, a, of course, an offensive-minded coach. Um, he knew his stuff. Um, he was more of a, I wouldn't say he's a player's coach, but like I say, he was more of a, you know, like I say, he was a, a coach, a coach's coach, you know? So, uh, I mean, if, if you do, if you do good, he's with you. If you do bad, you know, he'll cuss you out or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the players, man, it was good chemistry. You know, you, you already had an all-star defense. We had maybe about five or six pro bowlers on the, um, on our defense that year with Derek Brooks getting the, uh, you know, defensive player of the year. And, uh, you know, with the offensive system, Brad Johnson, Michael Pittman, uh, Mike Allstott and all that stuff, uh, Keenan McCardell, um, uh, Joe Jared Vicious, um, well, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, that system worked, you know. Uh, Gruden knew, knew what he was doing as far as offensive mining. Like I said, the defense was there. So that's why, you know, with the players being able to um, have that chemistry together, we were able to, you know, come out victorious with a Super Bowl that year. And you were a part, like I said, you walked in year one of kind of a flip. You know, Tony Dungy yeah. was the coach before that. Uh, you know, they flipped it. All of a sudden, John Gruden leaves the Raiders, comes to the Buccaneers. Tony Dungy moves on after getting fired, goes to the Colts. We know the story. Tony Dungy creates one of the greatest Colts teams in, in Colts franchise history uh, over the next like 10, 11 years. Uh, John Gruden wins the Super Bowl in his first year with the Bucks. But being in that locker room, what was some of the, the things that players might have said where it's like, uh, you know, this is what Tony Dungy did well, or, you know, I don't feel like, you know, like what was that transition like for a lot of the players that had already been there? Because Warren Sapp, you know, Keyshot, those guys had been there for Tony Dungy and they weren't bad. They just couldn't get over the hump of the NFC championship uh, to get to a championship, to get to a Super Bowl. Uh, but what were some of those conversations like as, as John Gruden began to build that team? Right. It wasn't really, like I said, the defense was always there. The defense was good prior to that. And I think the, you know, the, the, well, the issue was pretty much the offensive side. And so, you know, with Gruden being an offensive minded coach, you know, you saw what he did with the Ravens, uh, with the Raiders previous with Jerry Rice and, you know, Tim Brown, all those other guys. So um, defense was always there. It was just that offensive hump where the, you know, the Bucks, they didn't have it right then. Mm -hmm. So Gruden brought that there. You know, of course, the players didn't talk about it, but, like, they, they knew it. You know what I'm saying? That system was different from uh, that, you know, was it 2001 to 2002 where we won the Super Bowl. So yeah. Gruden brought that, you know, he brought that offensive fire to the, the Bucks, And that was really, you know, I would say that was really the thing that, get, you know, got the, the Bucks over the hump from that, you know, year, that year prior to um, Tony Dungy being there. And when you look at the NFL draft, you know, we all kind of went through the same things. You're sitting around, you're going, you know, to these meetings with these coaches. You're, you're sitting around and, and teams are telling you who you might be with. You're sitting down, you're doing the, the very stupid uh, interview process with the New York Giants. I don't know if anybody knows the story about the New York Giants, but they have the longest test in yeah. NFL history that you have to take. And it's so repetitive. It's so dumb. I think I'm hoping they've thrown it out by now. Yeah. Uh, but back then that was their psychology of like, Hey, this is, this is what we think an NFL player needs to know, which it was super dumb. It's like, if you had 12 eggs, uh, right. you know, and, and I take half, how many do you have right. left? It's like, yeah, the one of the wonder look test. I, I did awful. They gave you like what 11 minutes to do the wonder look test. Yeah. You know, 
things like that. So yeah, now nah, it, it, it was a lot of it, the interview process was kind of it was crazy and 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 it's just like nothing to do with football to me. But <laughs> that's, that's just the way the you know process was that you know back then. So I don't know if they do it the same way <laughs> now either. And so you get that call because you were you were a couple picks before me. We were both in the same draft round. Uh, a couple picks before me, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and that was the funny thing too because. Uh, I had talked to the Bucks. I had met with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up taking Marquise Walker. Um, but I and I kind of wish I had gone to the Bucks now because they won a Super Bowl. That would have been my Super Bowl first year. Right. Uh, but <laughs> but but Marquise Walker uh, was drafted first, then you, and then uh, then I went. And so when you got that call from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you were going to be a Buck, man, what what went through your head? Yeah, I mean that, it was a relief, man. You know, that's a stressful day, kind of like you want to, you know. You, you get calls from like I got calls from Dallas, and then you know my the agent was saying that um, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers was interested in me, and um, you know it's a couple other teams, and uh, I I know prior to you know the draft I did visit the Bucks, so you mm-hmm. know showed interest, and you know Gruden was like you know that's the type of um, you know running back that I need in my system, whatever uh, uh, based off of because I he he coached uh, Charlie Gardner, Charlie Gardner was a former UT player that uh, you know running back at at Tennessee, yeah. And, you know, we probably probably like the same size or whatever, but uh, you know, just getting that call, of course, it was just it was like a, a relief because that was uh, you know, you know, I ain't gonna say it's a dream come true because you know, uh, you know, I thought it was a fantasy, really. It was a fantasy right. watching coming up watching football, people on TV. I just thought I never would do it, but you know, you know, as we played the game, we we love it and we became you know professionals at it, or you know, real good at it, and you know, got the opportunity to get drafted. But when I did get that call, it was it was a relief and. You know, I was happy. I was a buck, you know, and 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 I, and another thing, I, I was glad I got uh, drafted by a team that was in the south because I didn't want to go up north. You know, of course, <laughs> would have we would have, you know, we would have went wherever uh, to, uh, team chose us. But yeah, that was another thing. I was like, man, I'm going to Florida. So, but uh, no, nah, I was I was you know excited, you know, elated. And when you think about that locker room, man, you, you know, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, uh, John Lynch, Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, you had first rounders, pro bowlers, uh, Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, what what was that atmosphere like, man, being around, especially that defense, man? They were Rondé Barber. Like they were it was we I mean, Dwight Smith, that's one of my boys. And so yeah. so 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 Whiteface was down there. I know that. And so when you think about uh all those guys in that locker room man how, how what was that championship mentality like around those guys yeah you know first when i come in, i'm like at all like anything you know coming into just like you know coming into a new atmosphere you yeah. know, and you know watching them prior to coming to the nfl you know it's like damn I'm, I'm, i've been watching these guys in the nfl you know Derek brooks you like i said the warren saps uh, uh keenan mccardell yeah um, joe jarvis and john lynch or whatever so that right there, I was, you know, of course, I, at all. And I was like, man, you know, so, but, you know, it was, it was like, you know, a brotherhood, just like when we met, you know, in the uh, wicked symposium or whatever, but it was just yeah. like a brotherhood, they accept me, uh, just like, uh, they didn't treat me any different, um, um, just like any other teammate that, I, you know, I had in, uh, prior to uh, coming there. So it was just, you know, it was an exciting feeling, feeling to be welcomed by, you know, you know, former pros. And think about now, um, you know, your time in college and, you know, last one before we jump into a little bit of NFL current talk, you think about college uh, football now and then then, you know, now you have NILs, you have all this money players can make in college. Um, 
what what do you think that would have looked like if they had started that? Because I mean, you look at all the players that got in trouble for stupid stuff like getting free tattoos and uh, you know, getting a car for a weekend from a rental company for free is illegal in college. Uh, what, what do you think the scope of football could have looked like if they allowed some of that stuff to happen? Because these players are worth that. When you think about a Michael Vick in college, when you think about a Eddie George in college, like those guys were bigger than life in college before they even got to the NFL. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're making, even in college, they're probably making just as more money for these colleges as, you know, for the, because you see these colleges are bigger. These college stadiums are bigger than NFL stadiums. Correct. I do believe that, you know, these players, even back then, you know, we should have been compensated for, you know, using our likeness. Because that's, what we do. you know, you know, like, it, it, you know, I, I wore 34. So if they selling the number 34 in the stores, you know, they buying it because of me, whatever. Right. So off our likeness. But I believe, you know, as, you know, we're young as college players. I don't believe that we should get that money right away. I, I believe that we should coop whatever money they make off of us but we should coop it later you know later when we're getting our adult you know more of a mature adult you know because i don't believe college kids should get that much you know that much money that early because it could mess them up you know right they'll be you know be getting paid basically more, more than coaches you know than coaching staff so i just believe that you know i mean i wish they would have had it back then you know when we were playing <laughs> But I don't think that we should coop that money right away. It should be in, in increments later on when we turn 30 or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. Tommy Harris brought that up about, uh, you know, giving young players, because our age, you know, 21, when you think about we were drafted, you know, at the time, you know, 250 to 350 to $400,000 in a check. Just right. here's 400 grand, figure right. it out. And then the season exactly. starts. And then they're like, hey, by the way, here's another you know, 200 grand or 300 grand for the season. It's like, wait, okay. So I got, what am I doing with this? I get, I get, you know, six, $700,000 in. I mean, you remember we went to the Hey Rookie in the NFL. They yeah. hand you a $25,000 check just for yeah. showing up. Exactly. Like, hey, appreciate you guys coming. Here's a, here's a $25,000 check. Here's exactly. a PlayStation. Here's an right. Xbox. Here's some Everything. video games. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. Um, and you're right. I think there does need to be some financial and Tommy calls it. He said he doesn't like the word financial literacy. I, I agree because it does make it sound like illiterate. Uh, but there does need to be like a financial course for these kids. Like, hey, here's the amount of money you're going to make from NIL. But here's the type of fund we're going to, you know, account we're going to put it in. Uh, we think you really need to create a, a business plan of like, what do you need to spend money on? What's your bills? What do you need to say? So, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's Black History Month, people. It's Black History Month. I got to talk about this. Uh, you've played with some black quarterbacks, but there's two because Tennessee has had them. They still have them. Um, you know, T. Martin, when you look at all the guys that Tennessee's had, um, black quarterbacks, man, like it's it's been a stigma in the NFL. And you know that way when we played, um, black quarterbacks weren't considered like always the best option. Like it was like, oh, well, you know, Donovan McNabb's here. You got this guy here and you got Michael Vick. But then look at the mistakes he made. Um, you got two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and uh, Jalen Hurts. Right. What do you think that's going to do for GMs moving forward? Realizing a guy like Jalen Hurts, uh, a guy that went through it as far as at Alabama being treated like, uh, you're not good enough to, to be our starter anymore. Then having to move on, going to Oklahoma, resurging, you know, reemerging as one of the top quarterbacks, still not getting drafted in the first round. And now he's about to win a Super Bowl, right. most likely. Uh, what do you think that's going to do for a lot of GMs when you look at CJ Stroud? Uh, you look at Bryce Young coming out where there was always that question mark. And then you never question the North, North Carolina quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky or whoever, but you're going to question these guys. What do you think Jalen Hurts is doing for football now for African-American quarterbacks? 
I mean, he's doing a good job. I mean, I think they need to take that, you know, uh, the fact that black and white out of it is just a fact. Yeah. I mean, it's a quarterback you can win with, you know. Uh, you, you see how the game has changed from a running game to a passing game more more, more so. So just like with Jalen Hurts, I didn't think he would make it this far. Just to be honest with you, coming from Alabama, because, like, you know, the system is different from uh, the system he played at Alabama to now. Right. Where, you, know, you know, most, co- most uh, pro systems are different. But they – they they made a system to fit him, and that's what Alabama did. So that's you know that's if you can win with a system fitting the quarterback that you choose, whether he's black or white, um, you should go with him. If you're gonna win, if that's the ultimate goal is winning, and that's you should you should knock that stigma of you know whether he's black or white or whatever. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. I believe that they they did you know they did right by him by fitting something that fit you know that works with him, so their team could be successful. And and last one before we jump into the daily three, that's three questions, three minutes each. Me and Travis are going to jump into that. Um, when when you look at teammates, if you had to go back to teammates you play with, running backs, who are work done, whoever you know, whoever it is, what's a, a teammate that you feel like you've learned a ton from as an athlete, but then also just a man? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Michael Pittman was a good teammate. Yeah, good. You okay. Know, a good you know mentor uh coming in at, at uh um at the at the bucks you know who would hang out the Cromartie outside of football you know what i'm saying just yeah. to hang out uh and go to you know different places and 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 not even talk about football talk about you know other things that we do as you know as men right so, uh, and of course I, I it's other teammates that I, I hang with as well cozy coleman is a good teammate too he was that we were at you know tennessee together and I also yeah. at the bucks so uh that's another good teammate that i you know to this day uh, I, I stay in contact with uh, with with others, so um, you know I get a lot from different teammates. I just can't you know uh, uh, isolate one or two out. Right. Um, like I said, it's you know it's, it's a lot of us that you know we grew up kind of the same way and we shared the you know the same things you know growing up. So it's just I don't know. I just can't pick a certain one, but like I said, I've learned a lot from a lot of them. Right. And last one, Tennessee, man, y'all, y'all have some big time games. I mean, SEC as a whole has big time games, but Tennessee, when you play, y'all have some big time games. What's one of your favorite uh, college football game memories? When you think about playing Florida or playing Georgia, playing whoever, Alabama, uh, what's 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 one of your or it could it could even be somebody outside the SEC. But what's what's one of your favorite uh, memories as a college football player? Of course, the, I mean the biggest game you know I had was against uh, Florida because of what was at state. Um, okay, that was you know of course in 01 where we played. Uh, this is when they had Rex Grossman. Yep. Uh, uh, they had they were man, they probably was average about 50 a game. You know, and we were coming in. You know, we're coming into that game going to Florida, uh, 22 point or underdogs or whatever, and we were you know we we're just as good. We thought we we lost one game, they lost one game. And uh, the winner was uh, going to go to the SEC uh, title game. And uh, with us being number, I think they were number two and we were number four in the country, four or five in the country at the time. And they just, you know, the whole, um, uh, what's that, the game day, not game, yeah, in a, yeah the game day yeah. crew, uh, Chris Fowler, Lee Crosall, yep. just doubted us and whatever. So, you know, that, that it, when they made that announcement, you know, I remember the uh, the whole teammate just went up in the uproar in the in the hotel and about tore the whole hotel up. And like it was just a total disrespect because we were just as good as Florida. That's what we believe. Even though looking as a, I would say looking as a fan, we would think, yeah, of course, Tennessee had no chance of winning the game. But you ain't gonna put put us as twenty two point underdogs or whatever. So right. we came in the game and you know uh, 
fortunate, you know, I had a fortunately I had a, a good game. I was in the zone, had like 226 yards that game. Oh, wow. Put us in a position to, uh, of course, we won the game and, and went to an SEC championship game, and we blew it. We ended up being number two, and we played LSU with uh, Nick Saban was the coach. Yep. At LSU. We ended up losing in the SEC a title game, but you know that Florida game was a big game uh, as far as uh, you know memories that even fans to this day they they keep talking about uh, that as far as you know associating me with you know that with uh, Tennessee. Yeah, man, two hundred twenty six. That's a that's a day. That's a workload, yeah. man. Like that. <laughs> nine carry, so I was like, it was almost ten. You know, it was nine point whatever yards of carry. So yeah, it was it was a big game. You know, I didn't. Expect yeah, you focus. About to say, yeah, you was humping it on that one. That's 19 carries, 226. Man, you would think yeah. 226. You're like, that's 35 carries. Right, right, right. Like, you you, so, you, you was know, doing your that, thing. Yeah, that, it's like in that game, like, it was another, you know, uh, I guess, what was it? Herschel Walker was the – I think I was second to Herschel Walker to ever – for a running back to ever rush for the most yards against the Florida defense. So – Okay. A historic fact back then. So, but that was <laughs> – Something to be, you know, uh, proud of, I guess you can say. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Always. Yeah. I mean, because, man, you did something that people dream of, you know, being in big spot moments, number two versus number four, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, man, that's something to always like after talking to Tommy Harris, man, this 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 past, you know, off season, and then coming up, you know, getting him on my show. He'll be he'll be joining us in the Super Bowl week, people. So when you're looking for the Tommy Harris interview week of Super Bowl, check it out for Tommy Harris. Uh, But yeah, man, he 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 said something profound to me, man, like. We, as men, one, enjoy what we've done, appreciate what we've done, never be afraid to talk about what we've done because sometimes people try to uh, dictate what we should say because of what we've done. You know what I mean? So, like, if you didn't hit this echelon, you can't talk about this. Or if you didn't hit this level, you can't talk about this. Like, no, no, no. I was one of the best college football players in college football at the time. Like, you couldn't do that. So how can you tell me what to talk about and what to appreciate in my life? So. You know, never, never downplay that, man. Like, I, I oh, definitely yeah. appreciate you. I remember the, I'll never forget, man. Cause like, there's certain people in my mind that I always remember and, uh, being in California, like I knew the big 10 guys, like I knew Randall L cause we played against each other for years. I knew Liddell Betts from Iowa. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I knew those guys. Uh, I had met William Green because of our agents. I knew Aiken A and Dale from Purdue, yeah. you know, so I had all that Napoleon Harris, you know, I knew Roy Williams because of my agent as well. And so like you walking in with the video camera, being loud, you know, trying to like get everybody to be awake and say stuff. And, you know, because those that don't know, like when we got down to to Cali, like one of our call times was like 640 in the morning. Like I remember getting called at 640 in the morning. Bus had to leave at 7 a.m. We had been out all night hanging out, you know, as a group. And you and Randall L., man, I was like, if these dudes don't go to sleep, man, like y'all was like laughing loud. Video cameras out. It was crazy. Randall Air was, hey, he was, he was wild, man. Yeah, like, he was annoying. Way. He was annoying. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like, I'll never forget Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey was up late, and and I don't need to tell the whole story, but he made a comment, and Randall Air looked at him like, "What were you doing last night?" And then. Shocky was trying to go back to sleep after that, put his glasses on. Randall L kept talking. All you saw was Shocky kind of look over, like, man, shut up. Like, just let me go to sleep. <laughs> and then, and you know how Randall L is. Once he knows he's under your skin, he's just gonna keep he's gonna yeah. keep making jokes. Yeah. And so, 
you know, and then of course, once we get to the Rose Bowl, you know, they, you know, we get off the bus, all the fans are there, we're taking pictures, and you got, you know, Julius Peppers and all the guys. And so, yeah, man, I look at that picture. I, I just moved into this this house, so I got the office now, but I haven't got the picture up, but I do have that framed picture that NFLPA gave us all. So at some point, got it hanging up too, right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Like it was like, and what people don't realize too, even that picture alone was hard to get because you had players that wanted to like lay down you couldn't find half the players because they were over on the other side of the field like right. that was a chore to get that picture taken uh yeah, yeah. and even in that picture like half of the people aren't looking at the right camera like i noticed that later when i looked at that picture exactly yeah you're right <laughs> it's like so many different cameras people are like looking at different i'm like oh man like you, you rushed mike williams after that uh that exactly that we all jumped yeah we all jumped on top of him and and because he was he was being a bully uh, right. Mike Williams, for those who don't know, played it. I think he played at Texas, right? I think so. Texas, yeah. Yeah. Going to yeah. Buffalo. Yep. Played at Texas, went to Buffalo. Big, big, huge 350 pound offensive lineman. And he was a bully the whole week. He was pushing us. And, that, and so we all said, you know what? When we take this picture, we're going to jump him because <laughs> that's the only <laughs> way we could get him. <laughs> so, yeah, time. no, I definitely remember that. But we're going to have Sam uh, is going to join us in the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Um, and we have that coming up, but I want you guys to remember when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and you can find all of our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. Appreciate it, Ron. Uh, today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't want the fat and calories, you gotta try. A built bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, so you compromise no taste, but you get the nutrition. You're getting only four grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein. And you can get the built bar in a number of different ways. Built.com, you can order a shipment, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off, or you can get your car, drive down to the nearest Walmart, get a four bar box, get some cookies and cream, some double chocolate in store near the pharmacy section at Walmart. You can also go to Sam's Club, run in, get the 13-bar box, some churro flavor, some brownie batter. Mm, you can get it in person today at Walmart or Sam's Club. You can thank me later. It's Built Bar. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And now it's time for the part of the show I love. Of course, it's the daily three. Of course, I wore number three. I love doing things in threes. So we're going to do the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll give Travis most of the time, and I'll pick up where he left off. Take it away, Sam. All right. Tom Brady retired today, so I got a Tom Brady question for both of you. Will any quarterback ever come close to his seven Super Bowl victories? We'll start with you, Travis. Um, I, I believe, I don't think so, because just like with, with Michael Jordan, do you think there's going to be another Michael Jordan? I don't think it will be another Michael Jordan. Um, Michael Jordan had more influence on the game, uh, playing offense and defense. And that's why, you know, I, I believe there'll be a, a better chance of having a better uh, uh, NBA player to win that many titles than a, um, 
a football player like Tom Brady because not to take nothing from Tom Brady, but the defense has won a lot of those games too. So, and he only mm-hmm. plays one side of the ball. So I don't really believe that there'll be another quarterback to win. Uh, is it six titles, six or seven titles, whatever? Uh, seven. In the history. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. So now I don't, yeah, I don't believe so because he, he don't play both sides of the ball. So you don't have to have a defense, to, you know, to fit that, to match, match that offense. So, but I mean, it'd be tough. I mean, it can happen, but I, I not in my lifetime. I don't believe it happened. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with absolutely not. Uh, seven Super Bowls is a heck of a lot of Super Bowls. The, 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 the hardest thing to do, because in the NFL, you have to beat the, you don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team that day. And that's so hard to do every year. And a quarterback's going to have to play at least 12 years to make that happen. At least 12 years on a good team. And Tom Brady happened to get lucky because when he was winning early, he was on his rookie deal. And so Belichick got a lot out of him early. And then by the time he signed another deal, he was already up to like Super Bowl five. And then he got one late, then he dipped, and then he got another one with the Buccaneers. And so when you look at how he had to do it, it, it it's just, it was a perfect marriage. Him and Belichick were a perfect quarterback uh, marriage of great coach, great defensive mind, quarterback that can control the offense, kind of like Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. And, and it was hard for Peyton Manning to overcome Tom Brady. Like, I think if you remove Tom Brady, Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy probably have a chance to win five Super Bowls, um, but he could never beat yeah. Tom Brady consistently. And that's what, I mean, Tom Brady and Belichick kept Dungy and Peyton from becoming that. Tom Brady and, or uh, Peyton and Dungy could be a five, six, t- you know, Super Bowl champion duo, but they couldn't overcome Tom Brady. And so for another quarterback like Mahomes, uh, like Jayla Hurts, maybe this is his first one, it's going to be tough. Like if anybody's going to get even two to three, it's going to be Jalen Hurts because, again, he's on his rookie deal. Uh, Nick Sirianni has a really good defense, and so it kind of fits. But, yeah, seven, mm, I just I just don't see it happening, uh, especially with free agency now, especially with the, the salary cap. It's just guys are selfish. Guys want money. Like, you don't see – the Patriots were the perfect storm of players that were willing to play for cheap to stick around and try to build a dynasty. You're not going to have another team, I think, with enough – pieces of the puzzle willing to say well i'm worth 15 million but you know what coach i'll take eight for you or i'll take seven for you tom brady hey i'll take a million coach and just give me an 18 million dollar signing bonus you're not going to see quarterbacks and players do that anymore so i don't know sam what do you think sam do you think there will be another well if you're gonna win seven you probably have to be in at least 10 Unless you go seven for seven. I think Brady was in 13 or 12. Like Brady (laughs) lost a lot of them too. Brady could have had double digits. Yeah, Eli took two of them from him. Lost to the Giants twice. Lost (laughs) to the Eagles. Um, Can't remember which other ones he lost. Oh, yeah, the Philly special. I forgot about that one. That should have been his too. That's crazy. He could have had 10. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he lost at least one more. I can't remember who beat him, but I'm pretty sure he did. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's possible. Um, I got a question for Travis about running backs here. Do you think we're done seeing 2,000-yard rushers, Travis, now that most teams are going to a rotation, they're throwing the ball more? Is the day of the 2,000-yard back done? Yeah, it's done, man. Unless they go back to the 80s or the 90s, man. It's 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 a wrap, you know. Back, you know, back then, you have to have at least, you know, running back rushing 20 to 30 carries a game to, in order to get that, you know, that 2,000. And now with this, you know, two or three back system, at least a two back system, that'll be hard to do. You most likely get a, a two, 
a two thousand yard receiving back before you get a you know rushing rushing running back. Like I said, it's it's tough, man. That the the the, the game of a as a running back is is physical. You know, you got eleven guys coming at you at all times if you you know run the ball. So uh, injuries gonna come. You know, uh, injuries come you know more so to running backs than any other position. You know. Um, that's you know that's I mean, that's just the honest truth. Uh, with the especially with the passing game, with the passing game system now, you know, um, that's why the you know the, the the running backs have become more of uh, devalued, you know. So you know, back in the day, they used to get paid a lot. So you know, they're, yep. they're not really putting the, the value on the running back. So it's not, yeah, I doubt, I doubt unless they go back, you know, to the eighties and nineties, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> This is what I'll say about that one. I, I think it can happen, but it's got to be a special back. And when you look at this list of 2,000-yard backs, Eric Dickerson still with the 2105. Uh, he did that in 16 games. The crazy, though, is Orintho James Simpson, 2,003 yards in 14 games. That's I mean, he averaged 143 yards. Like, I don't think there will be another 143-yard a game back um, which is crazy, but that's gonna that's what it has to be. You have to average 143 yards a game pretty much to overtake um Eric Dickerson's record. And so when you look at 17 games, though, you add one more game. I do think it has to be a special back. When you look at this list, you got OJ Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, Jamal Lewis, my teammate. I was there for that season. It's annoying, by the way, as a receiver to block for a dude rushing for 2,000 yards. It's very annoying. Uh, that was my second year in the NFL. It was boring. It was like it was fun to watch him break your records and all. It was not fun for the receivers. Um, Chris Johnson with Tennessee Titans, Adrian Peterson with the Minnesota Vikings, and Derrick Henry with the Tennessee Titans. That is the best of the best. That's elite company right there to be a 2,000-yard back. So who can possibly do it again? I think Derrick Henry can do it again because in the system he's in, Vrabel wants to run the ball. Um, I think if Dalvin Cook goes to a team that wants to run the ball a ton, I think it can happen. I think the Packers possibly could do it because if they get rid of Aaron Rodgers, they're going to become a, a – a, ground and pound team and so i do think it can happen but uh to travis's point yeah there's a lot of uh, teams that love passing the ball now a lot of top quarterbacks getting paid to do it so i don't know i it, that, that's going to be tough but it's going to be one of these elite guys like i don't know if there's a new running back coming out in the next two or three years um that might become a guy maybe uh Bijan from uh texas because i know he's one of the like a three down back so maybe he comes in early and, you know, in his first two or three years, he gets it. Because Jamal Lewis did it in his uh, – he was a 2001 draft pick or 2000. I think 2000, he did it in 2003. So it was early in his career as well. Because as they get older and beat up, Travis knows his running backs, it's it's tough to keep pounding like that. Uh, most of those guys did it earlier in their career. All right, last one, fun one. We're talking a lot about the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl coming up. I want to know, what was your favorite Super Bowl to watch? Maybe you were a kid or maybe it was after your playing career. Uh, your favorite Super Bowl to watch, Travis? I had been, I think, was it 04, 05 when the uh, Patriots played um, Carolina Panthers uh, down there in uh, Houston? It was down, uh, yep. yeah, had, I think it was 04, the 04 season, I believe. Uh, that was an electrifying game because, uh, you know, Deshaun Foster, he played, he was at uh, Carolina and uh, Steve mm -hmm. Smith, they were going back and forth. And I think down to a field goal or whatever but that's you know mm -hmm. i was down there of course you know with the events super bowl events or whatever didn't didn't go to the game but we, you know as players we you know we had experience so um but that if you remember that game watching that game that game was uh it was electrifying you know exciting to, to watch so um 04 uh patriots versus uh, carolina panthers yeah that was good 
Uh, for me, I'm going to go with, well, the first one uh, is the 28 to three, of course, 28 to three. We all know what happened. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady's legacy is just extended to greatness. That was one he probably should have lost. Uh, he should have won the helmet one maybe with the Giants and lost that one to the the uh, the, the Falcons. Um, but that one for me was just exciting just because of the comeback. And then, of course, in Minnesota, another one uh, where the Eagles actually pulled it off with the Philly special. Just that whole back and forth. Uh, it was super exciting. And, and one of the reasons was that was the year the Vikings locker room. So whoever had the Vikings locker room had never lost a game. The Vikings had every single game that season the Vikings won at home. Uh, and that was the year everybody thought the Vikings had a chance to go because the Minneapolis miracle, because even that they won the miracle game, which they weren't supposed to. What people didn't realize is even though the, 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 uh, the, uh, Patriots were the home team, the Eagles got the Vikings locker room. So that was another weird fact that season that somehow the Eagles end up getting the home locker room, but they weren't considered the home team at first. And so the home team had not lost a game in that stadium. Uh, and it ended up being when people figured it out that it was the Eagles that were end up technically having the home field stuff. They they won that game. So, but yeah, no that that one for me was another one. Uh, those two were just super exciting games uh, to just you know watch, see, be a part of, and uh, just witness it. Like man, like and both were Tom Brady. Like I think Tom Brady's legacy it, it's going to be one. Like it's going to be Michael Jordan esque. Like it's going to be tough to for somebody to come in this league yeah. and, and just take Tom Brady's legacy out. Um they're always will like we'll 10 15 years from now we'll be comparing some kid to Tom Brady like we do LeBron to Jordan and no matter what that kid does, I mean I know it's some kid some some seventh grader out there right now, um it doesn't matter. He's never going to pass Tom Brady because of the seven Super Bowls and so that's the same thing. It's going to be oh man, this kid just threw for 5000 yards for four straight seasons. But how many Super Bowls does he have? Oh man, this kid just threw for 50 touchdowns. But how many, how many Super Bowls does he have? You know, and I think that's where Tom that's where Jordan sets himself apart from LeBron. And that's where Tom Brady's always going to set himself apart from the rest of these quarterbacks. So uh but yeah, that, that'll do it for us today on the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank everybody that continues to watch, like, download, share. Travis, before I get out of here, man, I always do this. Uh something I added to the show. Um, if you could give yourself some advice, if you can go back in time, give yourself some, some advice. What would that be? What would you tell your younger self uh, to kind of either help yourself in the future or just prepare yourself for the future? But what's what's something you go back and tell your younger self? It's something I do now, just being consistent and disciplined, you know, discipline in what you do, you know, uh, you know, everything positive. But because um, it's hard, man, it's hard to uh, stay disciplined with these you know, people I see today, you know, they lose focus. So mm -hmm. it's easy to lose focus with all these distractions, you know, uh, with the, you know, this day and age, especially, you know, that social media, it didn't, it wasn't like that back then when we grew up. So, um, it's, it's easy to be, to be distracted. So, um, if you have some dis discipline, you know, and use positive, you keep positive people around you, you know, uh, take the neck, you know, leave that negativity at home as far as, um, anybody just, you know, try to bring that to you in your life or whatever. So, you know, get shy away from that. So if anything, uh, I think that helped, you know, that, that helped me at least, you know, uh, along yeah. my journey. So, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, cause less problems in your, in your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining me today on the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank all the subscribers, the listeners, the viewers. We continue to, uh, be very appreciative of your support, uh, your time, your effort. Remember FanDuel. 
we got it coming up next week. We're going to have the RJ parlay next week as we get going towards Super Bowl. So, you know, the parlay almost hit last week. I got a good one for you guys. We're going to we're going to be really dialed into that FanDuel parlay and we'll lay it out all next week for Super Bowl week. Uh, but that'll do it for today's show. And then remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku on your TV. You can also find it on the Minnesota's YouTube. Uh, uh, sorry, Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Uh, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. I want to thank you and have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.